Hello and welcome to season two of Until We Rise podcast. This is Rachel, and this is where we bridge a divided people to loving community, empowering resources, and a compassionate Christ. This season is Journey to Perfect 2.0. So let's get going. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season two, episode four of our Until We Arise podcast. I am so excited because today we have a very special guest. It is a bit lengthy, but I think you're going to enjoy it so much. We have our co-founder, Veronica Vasquez, on um, today's interview. And I'm really excited because we're going to be going over Sweep Me Off My Feet, the the book, the, the chapter four of my book. And for me, you know, I think one of the coolest things about experiencing ministry is you share one thing, but you don't know how other people are going to be receiving it, especially when you're being led by the Lord. People are going on the other side. God is doing their own work in them, their own work, the, his own work in them. And so I am really excited to share with you this, this amazing interview with Veronica um, we did it via the web, so there is a little bit of scratchiness in, in some part, parts, but um, I love it. This is going to be tremendous as she talks about, like, while I was thinking about, you know, my own struggles with my own narratives in my head, she went into this direction that God was speaking to her about her father. And so I titled this um, podcast, Father to the Fatherless, Nothing Can Stand Between Us. And I am so excited to have you hear this, and I pray that it speaks to you and it ministers to you. So without further ado, here we go. Hello, and welcome to our next episode of Until We Rise podcast, The Journey to Perfect. And I'm really excited to... um, introduce a very special guest who is not a guest actually uh, Veronica Vasquez Ooh, and the crowd goes wild oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey friend hi um, Vero you are the co-founder of Until We Arise my road dog my homie and truly an inspiration you're currently in Mexico um, living in Sonora and just fully involved in ministry here and until we arise. And it's just such an honor. Um, and I'm really, really excited for you to share your story today and a little bit of your perspective as you helped me not only write and um, you helped me edit my book and walk me through so many of the spiritual journeys on <laughs> in the book, as well as um, t- uh, designing the cover of the book. You're just tremendous. I feel like it's just been a part. It's just as much yours as it is mine on a lot of ways. We wrote a book. We did. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe what, who are you? What do you do? Like maybe things that people might not know about you. Okay. Um, Well, my name's Veronica, but mostly everybody calls me Vettel. Um, I, like you mentioned, I am in Mexico. I live in Guayma, Sonora, and I work in San Carlos, Sonora, which is kind of like a little bit of paradise. Um, and I don't know, things about me. Well, I work in real estate, but I, well, let me backtrack. I work in a real <laughs> estate office, but I work in the reservation side of it. Um, so I do rentals. So anybody who follows me 
personally will see rental stuff um, up on my Instagram and stuff randomly. I am. And then I also do some lettering on the side, which I don't think a lot of people know. Only know me really closely because they know my life. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do. I, I dabble in some lettering and eventually would like to see that become its own little gig. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of a bit about me. (laughs) That's awesome. And so you were born in Mexico, raised in the United States and now live in Mexico, which is super cool. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's, I know it's trying, but it's still very no, it's cool. cool. <laughs> it is, it is. I, I will not deny that. But yes, yes. I was born in Mexico City, raised in Long Beach, California, and now I'm back here. Yeah. And I'm so blessed um, to just, you know, you, knowing you has changed my perspective, has healed me in so many ways, not just in your friendship and all those things, but just in seeing this journey together. So We've been friends for a long time, actually, (laughs) but we started until we arrived together in 2017 as the Lord, like kind of just aligned our walks, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, when maybe you can share a little bit before we jump into chapter four. Um, Tell us, tell me, tell us a little bit about your heart for until we arise and why you said yes to helping me begin until we arise. Man, um, well, it started when I was 20, and so we started it in what, when I was already 30, so that was 10 years prior. Um, I just, I was at a place where I wasn't sure what I was doing with my life um, career-wise, which is weird to say that this is a career, but um, I just remember crying out to God. I mean, I grew up in church, so I, I kept hearing over and over, God has a plan for your life, and God has something for your life. You know, he want, he has things he wants you to do. And so I remember crying out and um, I was a math major at the time. And, and I just felt the Lord drop this heart, like his heart in my heart um, for, for the marginalized, for specifically for the homeless at that time. Um, and I didn't really know what a nonprofit was, to be quite honest. I just knew he was saying, you're going to start a nonprofit. And probably my my closest or my only knowledge of it was the dream center in LA and um, I just the Lord began to put that in my heart and so I like I said 10 years later through some you know trying years and some different difficult moments in my life the Lord began to bring that back in my heart through through beauty brunch really mm-hmm and, um, and it was then that the Lord began to, you know, revive that in my heart. And so fast forward to 2017, I had quit my job to go to grad school. And I just, there was a lot of healing that the Lord was doing in that season, a lot of healing that he wanted to do. And um, he, he pulled me out of grad school probably a month and a half in. And, um, and, and like you said, he aligned our, our time together. Um, our seasons together and so I, I just remember we were at your house and and the way you usually casually bring things up you're just like, <laughs> friend, um, you know what's the what what has the Lord called you to do and is that I, how our conversations are just randomly what has the Lord called you to do <laughs> that is totally our conversations they they range from from hip-hop um, references to very deep theological conversations which I love that's true Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so it was in that conversation where 
I, I pour, you know, I shared with you, you know, the Lord has, I know the Lord has called me to start a nonprofit. Uh, my heart is for, for the homeless. And I think with those 10 years going by, the Lord little by little revealed more. And so um, LA was part of it. I knew LA was in my heart um, and, and just the marginalized overall. And, and I know that it encompasses so many um, different groups in our society, but just definitely those who have been outcasted and marginalized. And so as I shared that with you, I remember mm-hmm. like, that's almost what I wrote down. And it kind of freaked me out because I knew you were, you were on a, on a mission to really get started in what the Lord had called you to. And I wasn't, I didn't realize this is what the Lord was calling me into at that time. I was just like, Oh no, there's healing. That's all I know we need to do. Yeah. And, um, and the Lord confirmed at a, at a camp, at a, um, it was a, na- a camp at a native American reservation. And the Lord confirmed that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to partner with you. And, and I didn't really look back since then. Yeah. It's so crazy. Cause the title of chapter four is sweep me off my feet. Right. Mm-hmm. And before we jump into that, cause I want to knew, I want to know what, cause everybody has their own like favorites parts, apparently. Right. <laughs> <laughs> cause there's a lot to it. But I, as you're talking, I just kind of think about like, man, sweep me off my feet. There's like this sweeping motion, like this, mm-hmm. this like, oh my God, I have no say so. But yeah. I remember so specifically, like, because when we say, oh, God's doing healing in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Like God wanted to heal me. I just think, friend, like that season in 2017 when I was laid off and you were like going into grad school and all this like tumultuous time of our life, it just felt like so much was happening and God was mm-hmm. aligning it. Yeah. It could have in some way felt like God was like, I'm sweeping you off your feet. Come on, let's go. Yeah. But like what's crazy is that I remember like almost every day being like a decision. Like it wasn't like, it's like God was yes, sweeping me. And he was like inviting me on this amazing journey. But I fully, I was fully aware that I had to say so. And I like, it was, there was like a yes or a no for me the whole time. I don't know. Like when you remember that season um, and I know it could, cause like, I know hanging out with me, I can be a little bit like much right and I'm like hey friends it's so exciting let's go and I remember like with you you're just like hey I'm like hey friend let's just go do pancakes and you're like yes and then like I'm like all the pancakes and you're like yes <laughs> and then I'm like let's go for a hike and you're like yes and let's, let's go to the beach yes like Vettel was down for anything and it like with this decision you did not let it like sweep you off your feet you were like um I'm gonna I don't want to I remember you saying I don't want to make this just decision just like um, because it's you're asking me to, and I'm just feeling pressure. I, I want to know it's God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe there's people out there. So before we jump into anything else, like maybe they're being faced with similar like healing invitations, you know? <laughs> and because it wasn't like this grand, um, huge until we arise, like this vision, like we didn't have all the pieces laid out. No, it was like an invitation to healing and an invitation to like a really interesting adventure with Jesus like that's the best way I could describe it I guess um how was it for you or what would you say no I I completely agree it was definitely a daily um a a daily decision to say yes to the Lord 
Um, and like you said, it, I, yes, we, I think as Christians, we like are so used to these phrases. Um, and so, yeah, he, he was inviting me to healing, but I didn't fully know that as it was going on. Um, it's kind of what I, I, I saw in, in you know, um, retrospect, I think is the word. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but in, the, in that time, it was just, I, I was really genuinely in a season of my life that even though all these great things were happening, I had just graduated with my bachelor's, which had been a huge feat for me, um, accepted into a, grad, into a grad program at a really great school um, that I could have never imagined to, to even apply to, let alone get into. Um, there was a lot of discontentment in my life and there was mm. a lot of regret. Um, and a lot of shame and guilt of decisions I had made over the years of my life. Um, and it was the Lord. He's just so amazing because he knows, he knows the prayers that you cry out to him in private, you know, yeah. that, that you wouldn't necessarily admit to everybody all the time or that you wouldn't necessarily cry out. It's kind of like the ones that you cry out of desperation, but it really is the cry of your heart. Um, and so it it was in that season where I think the Lord was beginning to answer those prayers of like, I I would tell him like, Lord, I I want my life to honor you. I want, I want to live my life for you. And, and I I would say those across the, you know, across the years, but, um, I I was definitely, like I said, in a, in a place where it was, it was, it was kind of like, this is either really real or it's not like. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then then this 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 is the end for me. Um, yeah, it, it was a very dark space for me, and I think people looking in in my life at that point would have never guessed that. Um, but it, it was a very dark moment in my life, and and I was I just all I knew to do was cry out to God, and so when I did, He started answering that, and it was kind of it wasn't kind of it was like okay, do you do you want? Um, the life you think you've been wanting or the life you've been um, creating for yourself, um, the image of what you think this should look like, or do you want what I really want for you? Do you really want want the freedom? Do you really want the hope that you're crying out for? And, um, and it, and it was a decision. It was a a decision in that moment. And sometimes we think that moment decision is going to change everything, right? We think like, I said yes to the Lord and then everything just laid out. And, and, and in that moment, it was like, I could see when I was like, okay, Lord, I want, I want to do what you're calling me to do. And, and it involved some very difficult decisions. Yeah. Um, and, and it was every day continuing to say yes. Um, every day saying, I continue to say yes to you, Lord. I continue to, to stick by this decision that I chose to make in my desperation um, now that some of this cloud has lifted off, it's very tempting to say, oh, just kidding. Um, no, no, I, I think I'm going to go back to this, you know, mm. um, because it, it, for a moment you feel a relief of like, oh, things aren't as bad as I thought they were. And so it's tempting to go back. But I knew the depth of that darkness and I knew mm-hmm. the depth of that pit. And I knew how close um how close I was to, to death, how close I was yeah. to, to putting it all to end on for myself. And That's so powerful. I didn't want to go back into that. And so I knew that for many years in my life, I had in those moments of relief had gone back to what I knew and gone back to what I thought was good and got back to 
um, to the idea that I had developed for myself. And I kept seeing the cycle of me coming back and being, and it, it just, it's not just a cycle, but it's, um, it's kind of like that labyrinth that it doesn't mm. pull you into a circle, but it pulls you down into a circle. And um, it's like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, or you have yeah. ever seen um, the pants, uh, pants labyrinth. It's like mm-hmm. a kind of really weird, dark movie. Yeah. Um, but I, if I remember correctly, there's a scene where like they kind of come up out of the ground. Um, but, like it's like circling out. That's kind of like what I'm envisioning right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it was like. And I just knew that I wasn't just caught up in a circle, but I was caught up in a circle that was pulling me down. And, um, and I was like, I don't want to go back to that. And so, yeah, it, it daily and some decisions were very um, difficult and life altering. And some decisions were very simple. Um, mm. Some decisions were just, yes, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go back to my job, even though that's the easy thing. Um, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to seek you today, God. Um, you know, yes, I'm going to be vulnerable with Rachel and share this with her. You know, some of them were mm-hmm. very simple. And some were very difficult, but it was, it was a very, um, it wasn't a, like, um, what's the word or what's, what am I trying to say? It, it wasn't like this magical, um, poof moment, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. it wasn't like something we didn't have control of, or I didn't have control of. Like the Lord was very much like he was in the driver's seat, but he was like, are you still, are you still down? You know, and I was like, yeah, Lord, I'm, I'm still down. Let's, let's keep going. <laughs> I think if anything, Vero was always down. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but I love how you shared that because it just reminds me of like, and maybe it's more vivid for me because I was there mm-hmm. and I know what you're talking about, but there were so many days that were so vulnerable, but yeah. and like we were both had to be vulnerable with one another, you know, and even as you're vulnerable with me and some of the things I was like, man, this is rocking me. This is testing my, my ability to love and how I love this is testing yeah. my ability to what friendship looks like and working through things that I was like, am I even equipped for this? Like, yeah. you know, and it wasn't just your stuff. It was my stuff too, but it's just, it's a lot. Right. And, but what's crazy is as you were talking, I was like, man, like this is something I always like, guide people to periodically I say always periodically because it feels like I circle back to these moments of like sharing the depths with of from which God has brought us from Mm -hmm. you know like when I think about what you just said about going back to that dark place but not like for this purpose of going back but reminding yourself of like what how close you were to death and I don't think people fully understand that but that's what you're gonna get guys (laughs) because what that means is like you know when we've when we we all know or many of us will know when you felt like you've you've made such you've your life is at such a place whether you've done it or it's been done to you or or like different things happen just disappointment or shame because I know from it can be something petty when especially when your mental health is not right for me and I know how close death was for me too and how how close I was to insanity and so many levels and and I, I always bring people back to this moment and it's like hey Let's pause for a minute and remind ourselves where God has delivered us from. And it's it's just so important to go back there. And I think that's kind of the power first for me, a lot of writing this book, 
Like it's this power of my testimony and like, you know, Revelations 12, 11, they overcame him by the po- blood of the lamb and the power, the word of their testimony. Yeah. And they did not like love themselves as to shrink from death or something. Right. And I'm like, man, Lord, you're so good. Like, as I went through this journey of writing, like, even though it was funny, I think like one of the girls was saying chapter four was kind of funny, but she's like, <laughs> I was crying with you because I know what it's like to leave that date. Like, yeah, of course there was like the romantic <laughs> side and I hope everybody was able to get like, oh yeah, like, like my little teenage love was adorable. Right. Yeah. And the pain and all of the things that I went through there, but also like the silly, it really wasn't silly. Cause I, I it was really hard for me to write chapter four. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually it was a lot of fun to write chapter four but because it, it had so many good memories but yeah. even the vivid like I, I think I'm at a place good enough now that I won't cry thinking about like Rico Suave right <laughs> um, yeah. but it was hard to think about the emotion that I felt in that I think what what took me there is like reminding myself of like what that season in my 20s was like Mm-hmm. maybe 30s I don't remember how old I was but like how I felt it reminded me I had to go all the way back to my mental state at that point and what I was struggling with and yeah. if I and to really like for me while I was writing the book I opened up a lot of my old journals I went into my boxes I went to journals I'm like dang I was a low-key like low-key a mess like I was writing <laughs> about stuff and I was like man like thank God I'm not dealing with that anymore. Like I had so many things and I'm like, man, Lord, thank you. And so I know that for you reading chapter four had some interesting perspectives because (laughs) some of those things, like you've known me through some of them. I mean, you didn't know about like, you know, when I was 18 or whatever, but you kind of knew me. I remember you were saying, cause you used to live in the back house and you would drive, walk by and you would hear me like jamming out to single ladies. (laughs) And I was like, how embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was definitely my online dating phase when you were like hearing me and my single ladies like theme song uh, <laughs> I was definitely dancing around the living room um, but we weren't very close at that point so I don't know when you think of chapter 4 it sweep me off my feet and and all of what was happening there what was like what part stuck out to you the most? Because I just really felt like both of us felt like, yeah, this is a chapter mm-hmm. I want to interview Veto about. Like what part yeah. stuck out to you the most? Or maybe you can tell me your favorite part and the part <laughs> stuck out to you the most. Um, well, I think I think I agree with everyone. The, I know it like I hate saying it because I know it was such a difficult time in your life. And I know you can talk <laughs> about it now. But yeah, and, and I feel bad for the guy. Like I feel bad. I do too. For the guy. Although, you know, I've, I'm always like, you need to write a book about all of that. Um, but I don't know if I can put all of the dates in a book. I feel like it would just be wrong. Um, yeah, I get that. But um, I think one of my, like, favorite parts is, like, when you're describing trying, like, you're, I think what I, like, love about how you write, friend, it's, like, you bring us along the journey. It reminds me a lot, like, um, Jackie Hill Perry, right? Like, when we're reading her book and you get caught up and, like, she, it brings you into that moment. Um, and so I totally, like, we've all had that experience of what that person with the lazy eye and you're not sure which eye to look at. <laughs> and you're kind of like, oh, I don't, wait, is it, no, no. Uh, you're trying to figure out which eye is the one that's focused on you and which one's the one that's lazy. Um, and so I think that was one of I like felt my- so bad writing it. I, I felt so bad writing it. 
writing it. But I think that was like one of my favorite parts because I think like you're at one point you're like I'm just I decided to focus on the right eye and it's like we've all been there we're like I'm just gonna focus on this one and I'm gonna stick to it and hope that's the eye that works. Uh, so oh, I like gee. it was so relatable. Uh, and I think even just like you telling your story with your ex and just like walking us through that like we've I won't say we've all been there because maybe some of us haven't but I know I've been there when you do fall in love with that person right um Mm -hmm. and so that resonated with me as well you know um my ex and um and for those who don't know I've been married so um it that that resonated with me you know of like falling in love with someone and, and actually marrying them but I think the part, and it kind of has to do with that, but I think the part that really struck me, like, I guess I kind of like, I wouldn't say punched me in the gut, but it was like, it did stop me in my tracks because I, I identified so much that in that moment with, with the, I think the feeling of being even shocked by things like you saying something um, as it was in the part where you are in the car with your cousin and you're frustrated after all of this and you tell her um and you tell her you're like I just I just want to be rescued I think it's what you say Mm -hmm. and and you you describe kind of being shocked at yourself for even saying that like even kind of embarrassed for saying that I'm like what like how did I just say that kind of Mm -hmm. thing and I remember um I remember after my my ex and I separated um, it was such a difficult time and, and I, I lived in the back and I remember nights, like just nights on my, on my face crying. Um, and I could say I was crying out to God and I was, but it was really me just crying out of pain. Um, it wasn't like I was, I mean, I was seeking God. It was a very like mm-hmm. emotional, but trying to cling on to the only thing I knew to cling on to, which was God. Right? Let me interrupt there because sometimes I think people, think that we're just so holy like oh we're just like yeah i just was crying out to the lord i was quoting scripture and writing in my journal and thus saith the lord i was like no sometimes those crying outs are i mean i'm gonna be honest in times where i was like man like trying to figure out i was hung over and i'm like (laughs) like you know and some of those times were i mean pre you know current but like yeah. you know god made god met a, get met me you know and sometimes i was just crying because i was sad and being just a girl like yeah not a, a strong girl a woman but you know what i mean like just being a little girl in my brain i'm like i'm hurting this is hard <laughs> yeah and yeah i think that's definitely how those moments were it was not like me um yeah it wasn't like me being holy i was definitely we're in the war room and wait what is it no. called yeah, yeah, the war room. Yeah, it wasn't that. It was more like the frustrated room. Um, <laughs> like I, I remember like um, English. Um, oh yeah, you're bilingual now. I know my brain like <laughs> the word I reclamandole, but like, like um, what's that word in English? Um, like I remember just like, like being mad at God of like why did you let this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, and cry and just like, I remember feeling like wanting to rip my heart out because it hurt so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was very, it was a very difficult time. And I, one of those nights, I remember it's, I can't like, I remember it like it was last night, um, which is really interesting. But I remember being on the, on the edge of my bed. Um, and I was, 
just sitting there crying. And as I was crying to God, I remember as I was like, just yelling, like, God, like, I don't even remember exactly everything I was saying. But at one point I yelled out, I was like, this, it, um, I haven't felt this way since my dad is what I said. And you're talking about, you were sitting on your edge of your bed after your um, husband left. Yeah. After, yeah. So it was Mm -hmm. um, after my husband said he didn't want to, he didn't want to be with me anymore. He didn't want to be married anymore. um, And and he had moved out already. And so I was crying out. I was crying and yelling at God and mad and confused and hurt. And yeah. and, And I remember telling God, like, I was like, I, I haven't felt this way since my dad. And so wow. my, my ex and I separated when I was 25, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was around 25. And so I was shocked that that came out of my mouth because supposedly I had forgiven my dad years ago. Like I had, I was good, you know. Like, and when was, when was the time, when was the last time you had saw, seen your dad? I had last seen my dad, I think when I was around like eight or seven, mm-hmm. um, I, that was the well, last had been what, 13 years. Yeah. Must, um, 17 years. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So I, and, but I'm like, Oh I yes. Came to a point where like I had forgiven my dad. Um, I was pretty sure I didn't hold any resentment towards him. Like it had been a journey for me to not, mm-hmm. Um, not hold resentment. I don't think I ever hated my dad, but I did hold a lot of resentment towards him growing mm-hmm. up. Um, and so I I was convinced, like I was sure I didn't have anything against him anymore. So when that came out of my mouth, the parallel that I drew between my my hurt from my husband and the hurt from my father was really surprising to me because I was even convinced I didn't have any daddy issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm so glad I'm not like those girls who have daddy issues. Um, like, wow. you know, like I, and I, I, I hate to say it, like, it makes me feel super like horrible saying that now thinking that that's how I thought, but that is how I thought. Like I, I wasn't like the stereotypical girl with daddy issues. Who's like sleeping around with guys or dating super older men. Right. Like that's what we think of when we think of daddy. Wow. Issues. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't like that. Like, um, I, you know, I, I was like, I was raised in believing God was my heavenly father, you know, and, and, um, stepping into that role where my dad, where my dad had left the void. So I didn't think I had daddy issues, but when that came up out of my mouth, I was completely shocked and, mm. and realized in that moment, it was kind of like, hold on God, we ain't got time for that. I'm over here hurting because of my, my husband. Don't be bringing up my dad right now. Like stop trying to stop trying to deflect over here. We're still talking about this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to be willing to say, okay, wait, what is that? Why did that just come out of my mouth? Like, why do I feel that after so many years? And so just for the sake of understanding, like how that connected, mm-hmm. like, what was it like? Um, what was the circumstance with your dad before, like the last time you had um, seen him and, how, how, how did it come about that he had left? Well, um, he technically never left. We left. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh-huh. So, um, so we left Mexico, right? We, we, we went to the States and, um, and my mom didn't really have the intention of staying in the States, but just certain things arose and, um, and she had to start look, working to pay off a, a medical bill that she had, um, 
had gotten because she got sick while we were in the States. And so working and making her own money um, and not having my dad hover over her um, became a, like a fresh relief for her. Mm-hmm. And she kind of was enjoying that. And so um, my, my mom and my dad were not married. And um, he was actually married with somebody else. And so, um, so my mom knew that the relationship wasn't honoring the Lord. Sorry, wasn't honoring the Lord. And, um, and she, she just felt like she, her staying in the States was the best way to, um, was the best way to, to get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. And so even though my mom chose to stay in the States and kind of ended that with my father, um, he would still reach out to me. I rem- I have very vague memories of me as a, as a young child um, having like phone call conversations and him sending me cards or gifts for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was some kind of communication. And um, there was a dream I used to have that I once asked my mom and she said it was actually like a memory that I guess my dream was from, but it would be like him carrying me on his shoulders and we'd be walking down the street and I'd be like drinking a little juice box thing. Um, so there was some kind of communication. And then um, after my, my mom got pregnant with my sister, with my dad, when he came to visit us in the States, um, that's kind of where he, he cut everything off and, and didn't, didn't want anything to do with us anymore. And so even though I didn't live with my dad for, for a very long time, there was still some kind of communication and relationship. And so all of a sudden my dad doesn't want to do anything with us. And I didn't understand, like I was a kid and I just knew I missed that. Even the, the little bit of relationship I had with my dad at that time, um, I missed it. And I remember my best friend having her dad, even though her parents were divorced and pick her up and visit her and um and I didn't understand why she could see her dad and I couldn't see mine and I and it just created this void in my heart and and I I cry I would think sorry um I would cry and I I would tell my mom how much I missed my dad and um and she being a god-fearing woman did what she knew best was to teach me to turn to the Lord Mm -hmm. And, um, and so she taught me, you know, there was the song by, oh, I think the singer's name is Karen Wheaton. And there's a song, there's a part in the song that says he is a father to the fatherless. And so I remember just clinging onto that as a, as a elementary school kid, um, clinging onto that for my whole life, really. And, um, and I, I, that's kind of what held me up and, and, over the years, um, knowing that I needed to forgive him, knowing that I, I couldn't hold any anger towards anyone, you know, as you're raised in youth group, you're, you're taught these things. And so I would, I would be like, okay, I forgive my dad. Um, I don't hold anything against him, you know? And, and, um, and so that was, but I, I, as I got older, I realized there was, um, a lot of abandonment that I felt with my father choosing no longer to be a part of my life yeah um feeling abandoned feeling rejected um and I didn't make that connection till that night that I mm. was crying out to God and realizing oh it feels so similar because yet again I feel rejected yelling yeah, like, mm. I feel abandoned 
Um, and so that's like where that connection came when the Lord was like, this is what has, has been a part of you. This is what has driven some of your decisions. Some of the, the way you behave comes from that. And, um, and it was, it was super eye opening to me to be like, oh, I do have daddy issues. Um, and, and this is how they've manifested and, and they have affected my life and right. they have affected even, um, even though I didn't, like I said, not in the stereotypical way that we know of girls having daddy issues, but there was a part of me that did seek for that ac- acceptance and love in guys and not realizing that was to fill a void that I had for my dad. Um, and so, sorry. sorry, what was that? Oh, I don't know if I was making noise. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Um, and so, yeah, so. I am. Uh, it was in that season that the Lord made that connection for me. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. Um, so in reading the chapter, for me, I know like that moment. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I wasn't meaning to cut you off earlier with the sound. I was trying to re- get it readjusted. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, when, I, when that moment hit me, I remember like feeling so ashamed of myself, Mm -hmm. like just feeling like, how could you be so pathetic, Rachel, to be like, I would just want to be rescued. Mm -hmm. Like you are a strong, independent Latina. You have your education, (laughs) you know, like all of this, like go get it girl boss. Right. Like I was like, no, like, but I think there was just this exhaustion in me. Mm hmm. I was like, I can't carry this weight anymore. Like, I can't control this narrative anymore. You know, and I think it was it was really hard. Um, did you find yourself, like, feeling shameful about those feelings? Or did or how did you how did you approach that feeling? Because for me, it was like shame to mm-hmm. acknowledge that I had these kinds of issues or that there was this weakness that I never wanted anybody to see. Yeah, I I would say I definitely felt um, embarrassed and and ashamed to think that, like, to feel that way. When I I remember when that came out of my mouth, like, there was a part of me that was like, really, Beto? Like, like, I kind of felt like I was being dramatic in that moment. Mm. Um, Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're so dramatic. Um, And I think even... As in those moments of crying out to God or like crying at God, I guess. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say crying out to God to, like you said, making it seem like, oh, I was crying out to God and being all holy. Like I was just crying and God was there because nobody else was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember having that feeling as well of like being, like I felt like finally, you know, like. I finally have the husband. I finally have the marriage. I finally, like, we're living, we're, like, trying to make do, right? And it was kind of like, this was supposed to be it. Like, this was supposed to be what um, what filled. I And I didn't realize, like, I thought that subconsciously, but it was like, this is what's supposed to fill that emptiness and that void that mm. has been there. You know, like, finally someone accepts me for me and doesn't Mm -hmm. have to but they do you know and because my husband was like my best friend and so realizing that I was using that to 
fill the void of somebody else who I thought should have loved me or that should have loved me, I guess, um, unconditionally because I was his daughter and yet had chosen not to. Um, and so I felt like, I mean, I'm saying I was raised to be super independent. My mom was like, the world doesn't stop for you, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, world keeps living. So if you, if you got to cry, cry, but then you get back up and you keep going. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so that's how I was raised. And I was raised to be very independent. And so to have that feeling, I was like, man, I just, I just remember just feeling you're being so dramatic, Veronica. Like, mm-hmm. this is apples and oranges. It has nothing to do with anything. Like, why are you even bringing up your dad right now? Like, like, it kind of felt like, here we go again. Like, mm-hmm. that if your dad would have been around, things would have been better. Because that was, that's what I used to think when I was a kid. Like, if my mm-hmm. dad would have been here, we wouldn't been living with my aunt and we wouldn't because we would get in fights with my aunt. Right. And so it was like, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be in this situation or my dad would have been here. Like that was always what would go through my brain. I don't think I ever vocally said it, but I remember thinking it a lot. Mm-hmm. And so in that moment, that kind of, that emotion sprung back up. And so I felt just super childish and, um, and immature to even feel that way. Yeah. I think it, it's so interesting because I think those are like the stories that I go through in my head too. It's like, I, why did it come to like, I just went like when I got in the car accident, why did I go automatically to like, I just want somebody to rescue me. It's like, really, Rachel? Like, again, <laughs> the same thing, like, so dramatic. You're so weak. Why can't you just be strong and independent? You know, it's just so funny how, how those things can like repeat play in our hearts and our minds and really like hinder us from that healing you know um like it's like we we want to just play these same old stories in our head and or even drown them out you know so we don't have to address them um keep busy get drunk do whatever it is to distract you from that reality Mm -hmm. um it's really hard but um what I wanted to say because for me I think in the book as we can recall I was like at that moment and I, I think I, I bring it all together at the end of the chapter, kind of just saying like, God heard by cry there, you know, mm-hmm. even though it, it was, I think I said something along the lines of being like my most honest prayer, you know, yeah. um, I like things that I was too embarrassed to admit. And it's so funny to be embarrassed before God. Um, yeah, it's silly, but we can get that way. And even in our private prayers, like, I don't want to say that. And I just remember in that moment saying like, I think when I was writing, I was like, man, I guess God heard me in that moment. And it's funny. I don't think I fully realized it until I was writing, like how it all pieced together. Because a lot of times you say, oh, well, I'm just so broken. I'm never going to get healed. This is so hard. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to get fixed. I'm still going to struggle with this. And like, it's kind of funny because I felt like that. I, I didn't feel whole for a long time. And there's still moments I don't. But when I go back and I started to write, like I said, like, this kind of like walking through this testimony, I was like, Oh my God, I'm not where I once was. Yeah. And I think as I wrote the book, I was like, Oh, like I had forgot that I said those things. I had forgot that, that how I, I forced myself to walk through that day with the car accident, the bills. And, and it was a, such a dark, shameful moment that I didn't want to think about it a lot. I was afraid that if I thought about it, then I was going to get back in that pit. Yeah. But when I looked back and started to walk through the healing that God took me through and it was through all these different ways, you know, but I realized like, Oh man, God, you heard my cry that day. Yeah. Even though I was ashamed and I didn't even intentionally 
like get those words out they came out and you heard me so i i know that for you a big part of it is like god heard you even in that moment he was like "Uh uh-uh baby girl i'm gonna meet you here and um and i heard i'm hearing you you know um he heard my prayer even though i just didn't think i was saying it to him you know and i know for you like he heard you on that moment and and I'm just curious to hear, like, you know, like it didn't end there for you. So yeah. how have you found healing in this? Or how do you know God heard you in that moment? Um, I mean, I know he heard me just simply with the revelation. of. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I, like I said, I was like, um, we're not talking about that, Lord. Uh, but, but he's so good, you know, like he's so good that like going back, he hears those prayers that you make, you know, and he hears your heart. And uh, years, it took years of me learning to forgive my father at a deeper level mm. uh, of see, of recognizing the, the effects of not having him, of having my dad there, the effects of him choosing to leave mm-hmm. and like how I responded to that over the years. And, and it, it, it was an intentional and um, intentional journey of me being willing to see those things and me being willing to admit that yes, um, you know, I did seek that acceptance through guys, you know, that if a guy gave me any little bit of attention, like, I would like, right away fall into that, you know, because, Mm. hey, well, he wants to be with me. um, And not everybody does. And, uh, and so the Lord was revealing those things to me. And, and just like, the lack of having a father, even though like, he always provided a father figure in my life. um, There was always still that like knowing it was like, um, what's the word? Um, knowing that it, it, it was, um, oh, I have the word on the tip of my tongue, but knowing that it, it wasn't like a legitimate father, you know, like, mm-hmm. they, they, they had a heart for me and they loved me and they, they always, it wasn't because of them. Like my uncles always loved me like their own, you know, even as an adult, like he brought your father around, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he's, he loves me and I, and I know it. But it, there was always that emptiness. And so... It, like, how, like, how can anybody else love me if my own father doesn't yeah. seem to even care that I'm around? Yeah. yeah. And even realizing, like, my my need to please my mom, mm. part of it was rooted in fear of, like, well, my, da- my dad doesn't want me. Could my wow. mom ever come to not want me? You know, like... Wow. I, I didn't realize those thoughts were in my brain. But I realized, like, a lot of my people pleasing came from that. Wow, that's not even in your. I that wasn't even in your conscious, right? Like, no, not at all. Like, I didn't. I didn't even realize I people pleased till I think you called it out. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) it's friendship, right? Like, that's gross. Yeah, friendship. Yeah, but um, so it took some years, even after that, to like um, unpack some of these things, and little by I think part of where I, I saw like the Lord bringing, bringing that healing into full circle was my um, c- having a continued desire to want to know my dad, but it, it was rooted in a different, um, in a different feeling. It wasn't like, I need this to fill a void. I remember even um, probably a few years back, because it kind of went away for a long time. I didn't have that desire to know my dad anymore. I just wanted to forgive him. And I wanted, you know, I wanted even him to know the Lord and it was just like, I would pray for him randomly. And I, I was even like, I'm okay not knowing him. You know, I'm okay not having that relationship with him anymore. 
um, as long as he just comes to know you, Lord, you know, mm-hmm. prayer. Um, but I would hear different stories of people who would be reconciled with their father in similar situations, not exactly the same, but, you know, being estranged from their fathers. And, and I would just be like, well, that's cool. And I would kind of start like, should I be praying for that guy? Like, is that something you want for me? Or, or is that still something like, is that still something that is in my heart that I'm not realizing is there? And so little by little, I would pray about him and just pray about that to God. And, and there was a stir in my heart again to like, I think I want to, I think I want to reach out to him. I think I want to find him. Um, and, but it was a very weird sensation because I remember talking to one of my friends and telling her, like, I just don't know why though. Like, I don't see the need for me to reach out to him. Like, I'm good. I really like, I'm good. I, I don't, I, I mm-hmm. it wasn't even like in a, a prideful way. Like, it wasn't like, I don't need him no more. It wasn't like, it's like that. It was just like you have I'm a heavenly good. father. <laughs> yeah. It mm-hmm. really was. And so, but I remember I, I, I recognized it wasn't of me. You know, I recognized that this desire wasn't just me feeling lonely or feeling rejected. Like it was something deeper. And so I remember just pr- like that time I was crying out to God and, and trying to seek his face about this. And so I was just praying and being like, okay, God, is this you or is this me? Um, do you, is, is this coming from you and why, like, why do you, why, you know, like cure, like not questioning, but curious, like, what is it in, what, is there still something that needs to be worked out kind of thing? And I remember, and this was actually last year. Um, I remember I was watching, I was watching the, um, the rocks youth, young adult, sorry, young adult ministry on Instagram live. And they were interviewing Pastor Kimberly and she was sharing her testimony of her life overall. But she came to this point where she talked about her relationship with her father and she talked about it being estranged. Um, I think he, I think she mentioned he was an alcoholic. And so she talked her journey of the Lord leading her to forgive her father. And that one day the Lord prompted her to reach out to him. And her kind of having that same questioning of like, why God, like I forgave him. And he was like, you need to have that conversation. Like you need to let him know you forgive him. And in that moment, as she's sharing, I just knew the Lord was speaking to me Mm. and I I need to reach out and it might be more for him than it is for me kind of thing. And so I was like, okay. And I, it was, it was a Wednesday night. Um, I was washing my clothes by hand. (laughs) Mexico life. In my little, in my little lavadero back there. Um, washing and I was listening to or I was listening to it because I wasn't really watching it because I was watching but I and I just remember being like okay God it, the the live ended and I was like okay Lord I hear you I don't know how to reach out to him like there had been some things being worked on the background by my family who loves me and it's a little crazy um, there, so there had been some workings and some numbers had been given to me that possibly could re- get me to reach out to him but I really didn't know how and I knew all the drama that revolved around um, my conception and revolved around my birth and, and just all the drama of, um, of him having his own family prior to me being born and all this stuff. And, and so I just, I didn't want to hurt anybody really. And so I just was like, Lord, you're going to have to show me how, like, how do I find him? How do I reach out to him? Um, you show me, show me the best way, you know? Um, and so that was that Wednesday night, went to bed, woke up the next day. I was working from home. So I remember I, w- I decided to sit outside 
and, and I was working um, on my computer. I think I was translating something for work. And I got an, I happened to get on Facebook and I don't get on Facebook very often, but I happened to get on or no, I think I got a notification and it said, um, it said so-and-so wants to contact you. And I was like, that's really weird. And it was through messenger. And so I opened it up and I, I managed obviously my personal Facebook, but I managed also at that point I was a man or I still am. I manage my, my jobs, Facebook messenger. Um, and, and I manage until we arises, right? Like I'm, I have access to it. And so at first I thought it was from work because I was the one who would respond to the messages, whether it was for um, sales or for rent rentals. And so I looked and no, it wasn't there. So I was like, oh, it must be until we arise. So I opened until we arise and no, there was no message there. And so finally I was like, I guess it's my personal one. And so I looked and because it's private, if somebody tries to add me, I have to like go into like the requested message section and so I open it and it was this woman and I was like, that's really weird. And so I can kind of see like the, the preview of the message or I guess the last message that was sent and it said, soy Alfredo. And so Alfredo is my father's name. So mm. it said, it's me, Alfredo. And wow. I kind of was like frozen in that moment. And I was like, this can't be it. Like what? And so I open it and sure enough, it, it was my father through his wife's Facebook reaching out to me. And um, he was like, I, it wasn't the best of conditions in which um, he reached out to me, but it was like, um, your aunt's been trying to contact me um, or it was some, it was some, some drama. So let me pause. Yes. So what you're saying is that you said to God in this quiet time, which is probably 10 years since you cried out in this back house. Yeah. Where our, like, it had been maybe 10 years, I'm saying approximately. And how many years would you say? It, it was like, like eight, seven. Probably like eight or seven, yeah. So you cry out to God eight or seven years ago. Then you're on an Instagram live call with a, from a church in the United States, and you're sitting in Mexico. Yeah. scrubbing your clothes and in the middle and that message that you're like okay lord yes i'm ready however you want to do it make it happen the yeah. next day your dad messages you on facebook via yeah. his wife's account yeah exactly <laughs> oh. all right just being clear how god is and um not that he always does the things like that but that's yeah. crazy it was like he was preparing your heart for it and yeah. and i think it's interesting because i remember um, the tension of you contacting me around that time. And I'm like, huh? and what? And he said, what? Who? Who? What? Because <laughs> like, I'm like, your whole life that I've yeah. known, I mean, the life that since I knew you, you had not had that. And I was like, whoa. And I remember us joking because we would be like, both of our dad's names were Jose, right? It was like, right. <laughs> and we would just kind of random have jokes about dads, which is probably not nice. I'm sorry. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> But that's crazy, amiga. Like that, I was just shocked, and I remember being like, part of me on this side was like, oh, "This is gonna like like hoping for the best, you know, like hoping right. that this would be great." And right. I think that sometimes, like, I think you're like, it's not under the best of circumstances, and I think you're hinting at the point where it's like, uh, "This is not the." I'm gonna put you out there for a minute. I would say this is not the happy reunion that I think you had dreamt yeah. about and I remember I'm saying I'm gonna put you out there because no, no. you laugh at me all the time and because I cry often 
and she does not cry very much. Um, well, she does now. She cries more than she used to. But yes. when I think about Vero, she's like, but what always gets me is those, like, when dads come back from the army videos, you know? <laughs> Remember you used to That's say? That's funny, yeah. And you, she would talk about um, these moments <laughs> where these army dads would come home and she would watch those YouTube videos or whatever on Facebook or Instagram and she would be like, those get me every time! And I was like, really? Like, you, you your friend's having a baby, nada. Like, you know, like, these other <laughs> things, like, nope, puppies, they don't do it for me. But this, yes. And I, yeah. I think it's just interesting not to put you out there but i'm like man that's like a romanticizing of like this huge Mm -hmm. beautiful reunion you know and like part of me as you were telling me this last year i was like i want her to have that like i pray that she gets that you know Mm -hmm. and i think i was like i was low-key disappointed to hear how it really went down so can you share with us a little bit of what that went how that went down and what god showed you in that yeah i mean I'll just say this, that um, I never caught that connection until right now. Me neither. Side note. <laughs> so yeah. I'm a little blind. I'm a little mind blown right now. But um, well, that makes a lot more sense in my life. <laughs> uh, no more videos. No, but um, yeah, I totally, I, I totally had romanticized. Sorry, I think I threw it at you. The sweet no, off your feet narrative. <laughs> I can bounce back. I can bounce back. I didn't mean to. It just happened as I felt it. I just well, we, need a, we need a we need a day pause. I need a <laughs> No, I um, I but yeah, I I definitely had this romanticized idea of one day talking to my dad, and so it's already like, oh, we're off off to a rocky start here, um, because there was. There's just some drama that was unnecessary, but it's just because family loves you. And when family loves you, they do some crazy things. Um, And so he reaches out to me and I was frozen. I sat there and looked at my phone. I think I went in and out of the messenger app like five times. Like I was like, is this for real? What? And I kind of didn't say anything. I don't, I didn't even actually like text you or anything. I didn't text anyone. I was just kind of like dumbstruck. Like I was like, what? And, um, and so we were on a call for something and I think it just kind of came out because it was like right there. Um, and I was like, this is probably not where I should be sharing this. I think it was like the junior brunch girls. And, um, and so I was just like, okay. And I knew in that moment how romanticized this was in my heart Mm. only because that little eight-year-old girl Mm. rose to the top Mm. and I was so afraid I was so scared of, um, of what it would turn out to be because mm-hmm. I had dreamt of this my whole life. Mm-hmm. I was like, one day my dad's going to be like, I made a mistake. I could have like, I, you know, like I, I tried to get a hold of you and like, you can, you see all these movies, right? And so it's like, I envision like, I sent you all these letters. You never got them. And like, someone hid them and I don't know like this crazy like reunion type of story and so I realized in that moment how big this was for me and I was terrified like this little girl it's the best way I can describe it like eight-year-old Vettel I felt like eight-year-old Vettel was sitting on my couch didn't know what to do Mm. and I was just like oh man and so I I was like I need to spend some time with God Mm-hmm. Um, again like just going back to the the thing that I know to do is cling to God and so I remember c- crying out to God and being like God I 
what do I do? <laughs> like, I don't, and I remember telling God, like, I don't know if I'm ready for this, Lord. Like, I I don't know what this is going to do to my faith. Like, I mm-hmm. remember saying that to the Lord and just being like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. And I was kind of sitting there like, what do I hold on to right now? Like, what's going to hold me in this moment? And as I was seeking God and I was like, I need scripture, Lord. Because at the end of the day, that's the only place I know to anchor my faith in, right? And so I was like, I need scripture. And that phrase came back to me. He is a father to the fatherless. And in that moment, I was a whole 32 years old realizing I'd never looked up that scripture. Hmm. I held onto it my whole life. And I never looked, I never looked it up. Hmm. I, like, I don't even know if this scripture exists. <laughs> I was like, you've been holding on to the song and you don't know. And I looked for that song and I found it and I, I was like listening to it and letting the Lord minister to me. And so I finally looked, I looked up that phrase, the father to the fatherless. And I found it in Psalm 68 and I looked it up because I wanted to say it exactly how I found it. But it's Psalm 68 and it's in, um, it's in verse five and it says, well, I'll start in verse four. It says, sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord. Exalt, him be- exalt before him. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. Verse six, God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. And I, I meditated on that verse. And I was just like, he's a father to the fatherless and a protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. And I was like, okay, it's true. (laughs) Mm. It's true. He's a father to the fatherless. I haven't been holding on to some fairy tale version of God. And the Lord reminded me of teaching um, or coaching level two out here in Mexico. And I remember having this conversation with some of the the hermanos and hermanas, um, driving them because I would drive the van of church and I was driving them to their homes and I was having this conversation with one of the hermanas and I was saying how the Lord revealed his love to me in bubble one and how he revealed to me that he never let anything stand in the way of loving me. Mm. When, when my husband let the difficulty the difficultness of marriage stand in the way and he chose to leave. The Lord didn't let my difficultness hold him back from loving me. Mm-hmm. When, um, when my father let distance and whatever else he let stand in the way of, of pursuing me and, and having a relationship with me and loving me unconditionally, God never let anything. God didn't let my worst sin keep me from him. On the contrary, mm-hmm. he, he did everything possible that he, like the way I, uh, the way the Lord revealed it to me once was like, I did everything, everything I needed to do to make sure that the, the opportunity of having relationship with you would be available to you. Even though I knew there was a chance you wouldn't want that with me, I made the, I made it available for you so that it would never be, I didn't, like, I didn't do what I needed to do for you to have that relationship with me. It was kind of like the Lord was like, it wasn't going to be on me that we didn't have a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and I just remember being like, God, you sent, like, 
he sent his son for the world, right? John three sixteen. He sent his son for the whole world. Um, uh, so God loved, so God loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever um, believes in you will have a relationship with him until mm-hmm. the last part. Um, yeah, that's the classic one. It's a little <laughs> shameful. Uh, <laughs> but I always saw it like the whole world. Like, okay, yeah. better. you're not special. But I remember in level one, the Lord was like, no, the whole world includes you. You particularly, I thought of on that cross. Mm. And the Lord was like, even if for a chance you would say, yes, I sent my son so that if you wanted to, you had that. And the Lord was just like, I never let anything stand in the way. My love for you oh. has always been unconditional. My love for you has always been perfect. And there's this song um, by Bethel called Pieces that talks about God doesn't give his heart in pieces. He, he's not selfish. He's not insecure. He loves us wholeheartedly and with everything. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, the Lord was reminding me of all these things and just reminding me of his love, really. And, and I just worshiped him in that moment. And I was like, okay, Lord. And I just... I was still terrified. I was still like little eight-year-old little, like, okay, this is it. Um, but I was. You're saying in the moment as you're waiting for an actual call to happen, because yes, on the messenger you guys had discussed. Well, at this point, it, it was all him. Like, I'm trying to get a hold of you. Call me, and so now boss in my court. And so it's like, Veto, okay, here you go. I set it up for you. You asked me how yeah. you reached out to him. I'm, I laid it out for you. It's on a platter. What are you? He's out. Twenty four hours. Go. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I wasn't ready for this. Um, and so I, I, it was. I think the best way to describe it is like I think it's in James or in Hebrews. I don't know where it's at right now, but it says, "Build yourself up in your most holy faith." And I think in that moment, that's what I did. I built myself up in my most holy faith. I, I had the word of the Lord. I had a promise and a revelation of the Lord of his love. And it was like, all right, I'm equipped. Let's do this. And so, um, so I'm text, I messaged him and I was kind of trying to find a way out still like buying myself some time. So I, it was late. Mexico city is two hours ahead from where I'm at. That's where my dad lives. Um, and so I, it was probably like going time, which meant it was going to be like 11 o'clock his time. It was going to be late his time. I knew that for sure. And so I sent him, I responded to the message. And so the fear was also, what if it's his wife pretending to be him and then tells me off? Because that had happened to me when I was little. But I was like, okay, Lord, you're with me. So I sent a message and I, I think I said something like, sorry, barely getting back to you. But is there a number I can, oh, excuse me. Is there a number I can call you? And my phone rings almost immediately after I sent that. It was like they were sitting there waiting for this call, like for this message. And it was like, call. Like I said, I hit send, it delivered and they called me and I sat there holding my phone and I was like, am I going to answer this call or not? And I, I almost didn't answer the call, but I was like, woman up Vettel. Um, and so I answered it and, and it was like, if it's the voice of a man, it's my father. And if it's the voice of a woman, you fell for it. Um, and I answered and it was my dad. And I didn't know what he would sound like. Um, it was it was such a surreal moment, friend. Like it was kind of like a out of body experience. Like I'm like you're talking to your dad right now, um, mm. 
And for for a millisecond, it was that glorious reunion until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he was um, he was upset about how my 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 some of my family members were trying to get a a way to contact him because they knew I wanted to contact him and I was in Mexico. And so they were trying to find a way. And so they had reached out to some of his family members. And so he got really upset. And so that's why he reached out to me was to let me know, to please let my family know, to stop trying to get a hold of him. And wow, it was kind of like very disappointing. I was like very underwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. you're all 20 years for this. Yeah. I was kind of like, what? Uh, but I, it was, it was such an interesting conversation and the fact that immediately I recognized he can't be a father for me. Wow. He he is not in a place to be that for me and realizing, um, I think even as I talk about it now, like realizing kind of how we put these like heavies on people, right? Like we make them to think they're going to be our all. And, um, and they can't, they're like, they're not meant to, um, yeah. pe- people are not meant to be our all. It's like only, only God is in, in all, in all honesty. And so as I sat there having this conversation, like I said, I'm kind of like in this out of body experience of like, um, analyzing the situation, but being in the midst of this, at this situation and, and long story short, um, I, I got the opportunity, you know, look, I just, he he asked me like well why are you looking for me and to me it was kind of like it's like asking well why it's dark outside when the sun is gone I don't know like it's obvious it's pretty obvious you know like you're my dad I haven't talked to you since I was eight I don't know um but in that moment I was just like I just want you to know against you um I'm I'm good and I'm I'm I don't hate you I I just I hope that you have been a good father to your children. Um, and it was, it was so weird. It was, I was talking to a complete stranger mm. um, and, and I just, I felt really, my heart felt heavy for him. And I realized he hasn't, he hasn't healed from it. Um, I realized he's, he, he said something along the lines of, you know, you kind of learn to live with your demons kind of thing. And I was like, wow. You don't have any healing from this. And I think it was probably a 40 minute conversation, um, maybe less. And I got off the phone and the absolute worst case scenario is exactly what happened. And I was not undone Wow! in the way I thought I was going to be. I was not broken in the way I thought I was going to be. And I remember, um, just kind of falling to my knees and recognize, like I shared it, I shared this with a friend a couple of days ago. I never had a father's love to compare it with, um, not in my personal experience. I had the father's of a father's love from a third person, um, and I remember sharing this with my friend, um, telling her, I remember one time watching you and your dad, and the Lord was like you see that you see how he loves her you see like how he cares for her and even then like 
I love your dad, you know, but he's like, even then he's <laughs> perfect, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and his love, like my love and that. And I, I remember, I think I even, oh, don't care if your friend or her dad was so weird. Uh, <laughs> but I just, the Lord was like, even my love is greater than that because I remember yeah. seeing it. And I think like in a way, like not jealous of it, but being like, man, will I ever get to have that? You know? Yeah. And the Lord was like, wasn't planning on getting emotional. The Lord was like, even my love is greater than that. And so in that moment, when I have my own, for the first time in my life that I can, you know, as an adult, have my own experience with my father, my biological father, um, I have it something to compare with on a first person experience. And it fell so short. Wow. It fell so short from what I've experienced with my heavenly father. Yeah. And I remember just crying out of gratitude and being overwhelmed by the love of God of man, nothing compares to your love, Lord. Yeah. You truly and genuinely love me unconditionally. And you've seen the worst of me. Like I've done the worst and you still love me. Like you have not let that keep you away. And and it was, man, this pales in comparison to the love God has for me. And and it was then that like the Lord was like, I'm I'm it. <laughs> I'm it. And and I, I still hope that, you know, that my dad finds healing. And and if he ever chooses to reach out to me, I'm open. But I I am whole. Like I am I am healed from that. And and the Lord was like, Can you I think after all of that, realizing this whole time, he was like, can, can I sweep you off your feet? Wow. You know, can I be the one to fully fulfill you and fully satisfy you? Um, am I enough for you? And and I, now I can say yes, Lord. And, but it's, it's a daily saying yes, still, you know, like, like that daily saying yes, when he called us into this crazy adventure it's still a day a daily saying no god you're still sufficient for me that's so good um so yeah so that wow came about i was (laughs) that's so tremendous i think it's such a powerful message for so many people out there who who are longing whether they have a father or not Mm -hmm. you know um when we realize the the disappointments that our fathers can bring us the hardships like there's so many layers to it right so it can be so heavy um i just acknowledge that it's it's heavy and so many people out there um i think some men out there don't realize how important they are yeah um and we've convinced ourselves that we are not in need of this like we're okay Mm -hmm. and then it's not to say oh no you're a mess no, you need to acknowledge all your mess. Like, yeah. it's not so much that, but it is like, like saying yes to that, that journey, right? Like, and saying, Hey, like, God, I want you. I want, I want your way. I want your way. Show yeah. me what it is to be whole in the way you guide me. It's such a humbling process. Um, 
so I don't want to belabor this anymore. It's, uh, I, I'm just amazed by God's goodness right now. Um, and it's such a powerful story, friend. Like you just continue to amaze me and how God moves in your life and how eloquently you communicate his goodness and, and these, these very like difficult things to share you share with such grace and so i honor you now and i thank you and i would be would you be willing to say a prayer for those out there who maybe are struggling with this struggling with that daily yes of healing maybe struggling with um with this longing for a father uh, maybe it's the prayers that they yell out in these moments of uh of frustration and confusion and are still in that waiting place like god did you even hear me mm-hmm. you know uh, maybe you can pray for some of them and, and then, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Sure. Um, man, Lord, you are so good. You are so faithful. And I thank you that you are not a respecter of people that sometimes we, we hear other people's testimonies and, and we're amazed, but we think, yeah, but that's them. And, and we look at all our faults and we look at all our flaws and failures and we discount ourselves. But Lord, I thank you that you're not a respecter of people that on the contrary, because you did it for me, you'll, you can do it for anybody else. And, and I'm reminded of, of, um, I believe it's in, it's in Psalms, but it says, when I cry it out, you inclined your ear to mm. me, heard my cry. And so Lord, I pray for any person that is, crying out to you in the midst of confusion, in the midst of hurt, in the midst of frustration, of fear, and feeling like, are you even listening, Lord? Is this even going anywhere? Are my prayers even reaching your throne room, or are they just hitting the ceiling and falling back down? And Lord, I thank you that in this moment, may, they, may you reveal to them, my God, in the way that you know how to reveal to them, in the way that you know that they know that they know it is you, that you would reveal to them that you are listening, that you are not just listening, but you are, you are a compassionate Christ. Thank you, God. Lord, you are, you sympathize with us because you've been tempted in every way, as your word says, and you've been separated from your father. And so I thank you, Lord, that you understand the hurt that we feel, the pain that we go through, whether it's caused by a lack of a father or caused by something else, Lord. And so I pray that in this moment, may your love flood the spaces of whoever's listening to this right now, my God. Whoever's listening to this and is identifying with the hurt, is identifying with the void, with the abandonment, with the rejection. Lord, I pray for just an outpouring of your love, an outpouring of your spirit wherever they are, whether they're in their car, whether they are in their room, in the shower, wherever they are, Lord. I pray, my God, that your presence would envelop them, my God. Your presence would wrap around them and may your love feel so tangible, my God. May they know how proud you are of them. May they know how much you love them. May in this moment, they be reminded of everything that they have overcome, everything that, that you have delivered them from, everything that you have healed them from, everything that you have pulled them out of. And yet you love them so much that you would not let anything 
come in between. That as I believe it's Romans says, that neither height nor depth, nor life nor death, nothing, light nor darkness, you don't let anything come in between your love for us, my God. Lord, I pray that that revelation would become so real in their hearts, become such a great part of their reality in this moment, my God. Lord, I thank you that those who have said yes, but find themselves questioning whether they made a right decision to to follow you, to, to let go of that job, to say yes to that job, to let go of that relationship, to, to step out in, in whatever way they have stepped out, my God. When maybe the hype of that decision has worn out and now they're faced with, with the reality of living this out. Lord, I pray that you strengthen them in their yes. That even when they feel alone in this, even when they feel misunderstood, when they feel like I'm, I wasn't ready for this, I'm not cut out for this. Lord, I thank you that your word says we can boast in our weaknesses because your strength is perfected. And so, Lord, I pray for strength over, over anyone feeling defeated right now because of just things not playing out how they thought they were going to play out because of the difficulty of, of their yes, my God. I thank you that they may be strengthened. I pray for a, a fresh outpouring of your spirit, a fresh empowering of your spirit in this moment in the name of Jesus, that they would feel refreshed spiritually, physically, emotionally. Lord, and I thank you that you would lead them in your word, that you would guide them to your word with a, a scripture that they can anchor to, my God. Not just because of scripture's sake, but because we know your word to be true. We know your your son was the word made incarnate. And so yes. I thank you, Lord, that your word is where we can anchor our hope, my God. Where it is a sure hope. And so I thank you, Lord, that you would guide them, that you would even reveal words that you have spoken to them before, my God scripture that you have spoken to them before my god where they are being remembered reminded in this moment my god and may they hold on to that and anchor onto that and know that you are the same god yesterday today and forever you are the alpha and the omega you are the one who was who is and is to come you do not change my god that even in the midst of a changing world you are constant lord and so i thank you that hopes are being revived, that lives are are being transformed, my God, that hearts are being healed. And Lord, I pray for for any um, estranged relationship with fathers. Lord, may your will be done in those relationships, my God. Your heart is for restoration. You are a Lord. And so I pray for those who have that desire to have that relationship with their father, my God. Lord, I thank you that you reveal your love as a father to them. Lord, and that your will would be done. I pray for the hearts of fathers, that you would turn the hearts of the fathers towards their children and the hearts of the children towards their fathers, Lord. And may your will be done in those relationships, my God. But I thank you, Lord, for healing on both ends, healing in hearts of past decisions, past mistakes of, of hurt and, and, and abandonment and rejection, my God. I thank you for healing in those areas, my God. May we know that we are truly 
accepted and loved by you, my God. And so I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your love. And I thank you that your word does not return void. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, with that, I want to say thank you so much. That was so powerful. And I just cannot wait for everyone to hear this amazing interview. Thank Thank you, friend. All right. Bye. Bye. Wow. 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 I really hope that spoke to you. Um, And I just pray that that prayer reaches far beyond the limitations of that private conversation her and I were having. Um, I pray that it speaks into all of your lives, no matter what you're facing. And what I realized as I was listening to her, and I love it, if you ever have a chance to check out Pastor Michael Todd's um, series, he was talking about daddy issues. Um, And I think this is going to also go into um, another chapter you know, uh, things that we struggle with that we didn't realize were such a big deal and how God wants to uncover those things and, and draw us in and give us healing. I, I never knew I had daddy issues. And though mine um, look different because I haven't, I do have a present father who has always been present for me. There have been, um, there's ups and downs. And so I think it's just so tremendous to be able to let God into that space in your life and let the healing happen. So I pray that, um, <laughs> Wow, sweep me off my feet! Off my feet! Wow, what a tremendous um, twist um, that God has revealed in the life of Veto, one of my closest friends. So I hope you're blessed by it. But I hope not only are you blessed, but that you'll grow, and that this begins the work in your heart that maybe you didn't realize you needed. All right, look forward to next time, guys. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening today. If you would like to learn more information about Until We Arise, find us on the web at www.untilwearise.org. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook at Until We Arise. Thank you so much and God bless. Remember, until we arise, what in our communities, our lives, our families, our world, won't change.